I guess that's my cue to just start talking from now on. I got like, okay, just all right, cool. Go. Going forward, I know better. All right, let's just let's just retake that, just in case. Okay. <clears throat> should I play the Should I play the intro again? No. Are you sure? All right. Here. Yeah. No, nah, I'm just messing with you. We're back. <laughs> oh, all right. Hey, everybody. Uh, dude, what a good song. Uh, just, just so you guys know, that song is made by, uh, I guess, our, 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 our producer, our, our really good friend, our uh, Jared Gleason. Yeah. Our composer, yeah, he's actually composing our movie. But uh, Jared Gleason made our theme song. He makes all of our theme songs, makes all of our cool music. Um, if for some reason you don't know who we are, uh, that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my name is Zach. You'll see that right down here. Uh, this is Dylan. He, he is part of Some Nobodies. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, together, we are Some Nobodies. This is our website right here. And what we do is we create content. We just kind of make up stuff. We have really crazy ideas. We watch a lot of movies. We talk a lot of stuff. You maybe have seen us on other shows, such as The Real Boys, where we talk about our friends' favorite movies and how bad they are. Uh, you may have seen us on a show on uh, Talking Upstream, which is the less live version of this, where we get to interview our favorite creators. Uh, maybe you've heard our podcasts, which are some of the ones that you can see down here, such as award-nominated Silicon Angels, which is one of the best futuristic um, oh. IT uh, sex robot uh, podcasts that I've ever heard, and also it's easily the best. It's easily the best one I've ever made. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, before we get started, while we're waiting for some people to show up in the chat, just so you guys know, what we do here is we just create content, but we want to create content that people like to see or like to talk about. So at any time, if you think that we're going in the right direction or the wrong direction, or you just want to put your name out there for some reason, just throw in the chat. Uh, put something in the chat. Uh, let us know how we should you know, steer this ship. Who knows? Uh, but before we get going, uh, Dylan, how are you, sir? It's been a week. It's been a, it's been a it's been a forty eight hours period. Yeah, it's been um, a long time. It's been a long time. This last day. <laughs> I don't know. If things are. I'm. Things are fine. I'm fine. Everybody I love yeah. is fine. Yeah. Uh, if you know the news, you know what's going on in Boulder County. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it was crazy, yeah. but we're not really going to talk about it. No. Uh, how are, how awful, are you? Zach? But yeah, I'm doing good. I, I'm. Yeah. Do, I'm doing well. Yeah, I cool. started. Uh, I started rearranging my apartment. Uh, I have very precariously hung a kayak in my living room and it could fall at any second. Uh, <laughs> but I, I wanted to make up room and I was looking at the ceiling and I was like, you know, I just don't put enough stuff up there. Like it's a whole floor. It's a floor just upside down. People yeah. don't use the ceiling as much. And if you know me, and obviously you do, uh, I have a bunch of hooks in my ceiling and I hang a bunch of weird stuff and I hang green screens and uh, whatever. But yeah, this uh, this kayak is getting... Yeah, low precarious. All right. But other than that, I'm I'm awesome. <clears throat> okay. Um so before we get into our, our, our content creating part, uh there's a segment that I that I forced on a Dylan, and this is where I sent him a bunch of text messages on what I think is media news. Most of it's just random gossip that he does not care about, nor should he really. Uh but because we have a live show and he can't really duck out of it, uh I mean I guess he can, but uh, <laughs> I'll just keep talking. Uh, but, but yeah, so what I do here is I, we talk about some some pop culture news. Yeah. Um, so some stuff that interests me, obviously, D.C. In the D.C. news, uh, as you may know from the Real Boys or whatever, but um, Justice League came out. The Snyder cut of the Justice League. And uh, Dylan liked it. Didn't I did. love it. He liked it. I, yeah, I he liked, liked it. it. He liked it. Um, but there has been recent talks of a sequel. And possibly two sequels. There's obviously rumors going around of a Justice League Part 2, possibly Justice League Part 3. Uh, I know that they are spinning off a Green Lantern universe on HBO Max, which apparently is set in the same universe. Uh, there's a chance of a Martian Manhunter series coming out, which is set in the same universe. 
But um, do, do you think that the Snyder Cut revitalized the DCEU? I think so. I think it's it's a unified vision. That's the biggest thing that I liked about it is that it feels like the movie that Zack Snyder wanted to make. Um, and it's very clearly that. Um, and from what I've seen based on interviews, Patty Jenkins, James Wan, the people who are directing these like semi-standalone DC movies are considering the Snyder Cut as the canon interpretation of events. Um, you know, despite minor things like um, Mira's accent changing, that's all artifacts from a different iteration. But um, I'm interested to see what they do, and I really do hope they use Snyder's vision going forward because it's better than the Whedon cut. Yeah, I agree. Now, do you, would you like the sequel to start in the futuristic nightmare verse, or did you think that that kind of thing was stupid? I know a lot of people had problems with the Joker. I thought that Joker scene was actually kind of cool. Um, but what it, outside outside the fact that he sounded like a seagull, uh, um, <laughs> he does sound like a seagull. No, um, I am honestly I'm ambivalent about Leto's Joker. I never had much of an attachment to the Joker as a character, so whatever interpretation they put up, I'm like whatever. Um, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I I just hope that whatever they do, it fishes it fishtails off of uh, Snyder's instead of Weeden's yeah. cut. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm into that 100. Um, percent All right. So Marvel Universe. Um, so Falcon and the Winter Soldier came out last week. It came out on Friday. Did you yeah. happen to catch that? I did. What'd you think of that? It's it's fine. <laughs> um, it's fine. Yeah. First episode is fine. I had the same kind of like semi lukewarm reaction to the first WandaVision episode, and they did mm-hmm. a they did a two parter for that. And ultimately, I think WandaVision had a it wasn't a great finale. It was a good finale, but it really wasn't great. It kind of I think it fell short because they got hamstrung by the standard Marvel kind of like the final confrontation has to be people shooting energy balls at each other. Um, Winter Soldier looks like it's going to be fun, but the pacing was weird and it's very much, yeah, that's my main complaint. The pacing was weird. Yeah. I mean, I I agree that the pacing was off. I like that they kind of extended the length a little bit. I know with WandaVision, they were trying to kick, like keep that 22 minute sitcom feel. Whereas this is a little bit extended, it's a little bit longer. Uh, I I did think that the 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 conversation of how some Avengers make money, I thought that was really incredible and actually like I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. And uh, the the race relations, I think that uh, and you and I talked about this at length, but the Watchmen, what Watchmen did uh, was very very cool for race relations and for having that conversation opened in yeah. a very intelligent way. And I think that this is another one. I mean, you think like the way that they showed that. Uh, that story it was they kind of talked Sam into giving that uh, into giving the shield back and lo and behold they were actually just using it to give to another white dude so um, the one thing that I did say though I I, I found it odd that this this captain this Captain America um, he had a gun on his hip uh, because yes. Captain America, you know, obviously the lore of Captain America is that he got to choose his weapon and he chose a shield because he wanted to be a defender of the United States. Whereas this one obviously just throws a gun on there. So uh, I'm really curious to see how this is going to go. I- I'm interested in how it's going to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I will say the first episode was a little bit of uh, not super, super exciting. Although the action yeah. sequences were very, very cool. The, the then like gliding into helicopters. They were very good. Um it's interesting that he is killing a lot of people in this show. Yeah, there's a lot of death going on. Like, a and lot of death. But intentional, straight-up death. Yeah. Yeah, like, even the first, like, 30 seconds when they, like, everyone jumps out of the plane and the pilot's dead, I'm like, well, what happens to that plane? Yep. Like, that plane's, that plane's gonna go down, and then helicopters are blowing up left and right. McManhattan, yep. what's up, sir? What up, Mick? Uh, Mick, did you happen to see Falcon Winter Soldier? And if so, what did you think? Um, but okay. Also a Marvel news. Did you see that there is a recent fan made website that can, um, translate all of Groot's conversation throughout the two guardians of the galaxy movies and James Gunn signed off on it. That is weird. Yeah. 
Translated is weird. Well, apparently James Gunn approved it, and the way that he wrote the story is that Groot has an actual script, but they changed all the words into just "I am Groot." So yes. there is there is an actual script for what he's saying. So I guess it could make sense. I don't know um, how they translate it. Then that's the yeah. thing. It's like because there's it would need to be a tonal language. It would need to be tonal. You know what I mean? Yeah. And right. I don't know how you can translate that do you think knowing what Groot says will make those movies any better or worse no yeah it doesn't matter right it's the same <laughs> no. thing like, it's like the same thing as like no one will r2d2 says like who, who cares you, yeah. you get what he's saying it doesn't really need to know um okay so in uh in nerd universe uh witcher 2 was cast uh, a lot of casting uh uh things got put out there i don't know the characters so i didn't really write all that down but I was okay. curious your thoughts on Witcher 1 and the game universe of Witcher. Uh, I've, I don't have the time to really hang out and play and sit down and really complete the Witcher. I have the Witcher 3. It's great. Um, I'm not very far in it because every time I sit down, I'm like, what was I doing? Where am I going? There, there's it's it's a time sink and I don't really have that right now. Um, yeah. I really like The Witcher one. I think it came together really nicely towards the end. It's a little clumsy. The series or the game? The series. Yeah. Okay. Um, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to The Witcher two. I'm glad. I like Henry Cavill as the as Geralt. Yeah. Um, it's strange. I don't know. I I my my main criticism of that first season is that there wasn't enough witchering. There wasn't enough yeah. like one-on-one -on -one monster fights. I agree. It felt like a lot, a lot of world building, and not a lot of uh, what they're doing in that world. Yeah. Um, yeah all right. Uh, Star Wars news. So April second, it was just announced recently. April second, uh, Disney's going to drop a couple cool things in the Star Wars universe. They're going to drop those old '80s Ewok movies. Um, the one is uh, Caravan of Courage and then Battle for Endor. Have you ever seen these old? Because uh, a lot of people think like the old in the 80s, like that, you know, there's like the holiday episode and there's these other weird cartoons that you've seen I have on VHS. And then there's these two movies that are Ewok based. One is about like going to this spider lair and having to like fight this spider queen. And uh, I forget what the other one's about, but there's one with uh, Wilford Brimley, isn't there? Ewok? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's. That's the only one I know anything about. Um, uh, I I mean, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> it's nice to have. It's nice to have like. It's nice to have these old relics of a different time on there. Sure, but is there any thought, like that, because they're putting a lot more of Lucas's stuff back out there, that there's connecting a tie to Lucas, and he's obviously on the set of The Mandalorian, so there is a lot of thought that he's going to come back into uh, his own universe soon. How do you feel about Lucas hopping back in? I think so long as he has a team who's willing to tell him no, I'm willing <laughs> yeah, to watch fair. it. Yeah, he can't write the script. He can just storyboard. He can write the script. I just don't think, like... Yeah, that's okay. I, I know, I know, yeah. I know. Uh, the one thing I forgot about in the Marvel Universe is uh, Black Widow got a release date. It is uh, July 9th. It is going to be coming to theaters and to streaming, but it's going to be in that early access thing where you still have to pay $29.99 to watch a movie on a service that you already paid for. Do you think that this structure will ever work? I'm not interested Jason, in it, and I hope it Jason, doesn't. Jason Taylor, how are you, sir? Hello, Jason. Uh, I hope it doesn't yeah. work. Is is there any movie that you would pay $30 on a streaming service that you already pay for? Is there any movie you can think of? Like, would Dune be the one? I want Dune to be in theaters. I don't want to watch yeah. it at home. I think uh, the home experience is fine, yeah. but a movie like Dune, I have a soft spot, sp uh, space in my heart for Dune, and yeah. I want to go see that in a theater on a huge screen with a great sound system. I don't want to watch that at home with the TV speakers on my couch. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is actually a really good point, though. Like, you know, for, for families, you know, uh, it is like $15, $20 a ticket. 
So if you bring a family of four to the movies, you're looking at 80 bucks, whereas $30, everyone can just sit around. But yeah, I do agree that the, the experience itself has changed and especially spectacle blockbuster movies, you know, like Black Widow, you see, and it's like wide scopes and big, deep diving shots. And I think those kind of things uh, to, to some fans are better experience in the theater, yeah. such as like a, like a Godzilla movie. Like I want to be in like the theater. I want to feel the rumble and everything. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm excited about that, but I, I don't think that I'm going to ever pay $30 to watch a movie at home uh, if I can, yeah, if, if I don't have to. I don't know. Because I st- I really want to see Raya and the Last Dragon, uh, but I, I do yeah. not want to spend that much money. Like, I just don't. Um, okay, enough nerd news. Uh, Dylan, thank you so much for <laughs> appeasing oh, yeah. me with, with, with stupid chat. Uh, but in this part of the show, what we normally have in Talking Upstream is we would have a guest on here, and uh, oh my god. Uh, that's a I, deep cut for the some nobody's uh, expanded universe. Oh God! I, honestly, like I think people are just trying to make make me angry with this iCarly. <laughs> I I hate iCarly. I would not see it in the theater. I won't see it for free on Netflix or anywhere, and it is off the top ten, so I'm okay with that. Uh, anyway. Uh, so in this part of the show, what normally happens is because uh, Dylan and I send a lot of messages back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, uh, what we do is we choose one of these messages, Dylan reads it aloud, and then we kind of go through here. Now, we did recently alter this because we like building universes, and uh, sometimes we wanted to throw out there that we might do reboots, we might uh, uh, revisit some of our old stories, or kind of go over some new stuff, depending on what we feel like doing. So... Um, I hope that's cool with everybody because that's what we want to do. So it's our show. <laughs> it's our show, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, so, Dylan, Mr. Dylan, Mr. Terry. Yes. So, what what are we going to do? What do you want to work on? So, funny story. We had we had briefly discussed what we're going to do this time, uh, and that was a continuation of this kind of like sci-fi franchise we're kind of building called Pillar of Salt, which is mm-hmm. about this mysterious figure who goes around and liberates these uh, work sites for an amoral megacorporation in the far future. And we were discussing doing kind of like a John Wick style story from the point of view of the bad guys. Mm -hmm. Now, interestingly, I went back and looked at our text conversations and there is one that we can kind of retrofit to fit this. Oh, cool. It's serious. So I'm going to read you the, so we, I keep a running list on our Word doc, on our Google doc, of all the text ideas that Zach and I send each other. Um, and then sometimes I'll go back in and kind of like expand on them just so we have a little bit more of a foothold. Here's the original text message that Zach sent me. Humans don't develop fingerprints until turning 13, so most kids are used as criminals. This is an early <laughs> one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how seriously you meant this to be taken, but here it is. Um so I went in and I kind of expanded on a little bit. And I did this before we kind of determined what we were going to be doing. Okay. And I added, in the far future, humans are grown in tubes on an exoplanet colony. The main character was raised as a child criminal in order to earn their way off planet. So I'm wait, thinking... They're, wait, they're, they're raised in tubes, but they're also child deviants? No, they're they're born... They're like gestated in tubes like they're two babies but then once they're okay. born they're put to work and some of them fall into the criminal system because that is the most reliable way to get off planet hey here's a quick question for you where do two babies where are their belly buttons now they granted, the belly i know but like how do they get the nutrients into the babies intravenously they put like tiny needles in there yeah probably i don't know That's it's sci-fi gross. we can do whatever we want True. All right, so we're going to do another version of Pillar of Salt, right? Yeah, uh, another... I think this is a prequel. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Pillar of Salt prequel. And you also mentioned a John Wick style, uh, but from the bad guy's point of view, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, also, uh, Tube Children. Yeah. <laughs> and no fingerprints why not whatever yeah sure that's cool okay so we are going to work for the next couple minutes uh next uh, uh g- good amount of minutes and what we're going to do is we're going to okay and, and honestly if you've been 
keeping up with our show, Twitching Upstream, we now have this Pillar of Salt universe, like Dylan says. Uh, we've already crafted two episodes. I know in one of the episodes we talked about it being a five-part series. I think that's really interesting for me only. Uh, but I like that. Oh. So if this is going to be uh, uh, part three of this, having it be a prequel so that you know who Salt is and you get an idea of who he used to be is very cool. I think that's a cool thing to do. Uh, but it, it does. Make me, <laughs> we got to stick. A, we got to stay away from all like solo tropes because that. Oh is, yeah, yeah. Because like Absolutely. you know Han Solo is like a super cool dude, <laughs> and then you get the prequel and you're like, all right, I guess he was fine. Yeah, <laughs> he was. Yeah, he was fine. He got... um, yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, cool. All right, so uh, okay, so. This is going to start. How far before the other ones is this, or does that even matter? So we can do a fair amount of like time weirdness because if this is sci-fi, we oh, can make like it space, like space. We time. can make them a long. We can make them old and not appear it. Um, whether it's because he lives on a planet with like a, a whatever science results in lower aging, or it's far enough in the future that they like automatically gene splice or edit people. So they live longer just in general. Um, Ooh. or if we want him to have like a real like traumatic backstory, he can be from a planet that is where they edit people to live longer because the environment is so hostile. And maybe that's why salt is so capable of enduring what it goes through. Cool. So are we going to do like a Kryptonian thing where this planet no longer exists or, uh, or like or or was it maybe maybe this planet was mined into destruction and that's why he's like after these people yeah and they mine it it's, it's he's kind of one of a kind they found a planet that was had some valuable resource and they terraformed it just enough that people could live on it it's not fun but people can live on it and then they mine it to hell and leave yeah like that um Okay, so when do we pick up in Salt Adventure of this? Like, um, what's what's the beginning of the story? So I think we tell the story from the point of view of this corporate rep. I yeah. think we tell it. I, I it's like this person has been working for whatever more. We haven't given the mega corporation a name yet, which is fine by me. But it's he's been edited. He's rich enough that he lives effectively until he decides not to. He's rich enough that he doesn't have to worry about anything. Mm -hmm. So he's like the planetary, like, whatever the word for general manager we're going to use is, overseer, uh, taskmaster, whatever. Um, and we tell this, like, the first act maybe is this guy, maybe he takes it easy on, like, one particular child laborer, which is salt, or mm -hmm. someone salt knows. And then something happens to really make salt kind of anti corporate, whatever this mm -hmm. is. And we time scale yeah, I mean, and we think, yeah, I'm just running gonna, through kind of what I was. No, that's fine. Thinking. I was going to say they could use salts, like salts parents could be used uh, in a mining accident or something. And sure. that would easily turn him against uh, whoever. So yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Keep going. Um, And then we kind of like, Salt is gone from the story for a long period of time. And we start, we follow the union rep and we make it seem like it's a story of them, like doing the, um, uh, the wall street. Good is good. Uh, greed is good story where it's like, <laughs> where it's about this character who wants to get as much as they can. And it seems like it's going to follow them through their promotions. And then you start getting <laughs> occasional references to like, you know, sector, whatever went dark. Yeah, we've been having some up. We've been having some union trouble in that area. I guess I would refer to rebels as a union or something like that. Um, I don't know how far into that we want to go, but um, eventually, it like I think the third, I think partway through the second act, it turns into this guy getting chased by a an incredibly competent, what seems to be a hitman, and then eventually you learn, nah, I grew up in this environment and I know how to navigate it. Uh, maybe Salt was like a child laborer who got picked up for like the management track by this guy. Like maybe his parents died and this guy kind of semi adopted him as his like trainee. And then well, if, 
if he used if he used children as like criminals, maybe Salt's one of them, like one of those child criminals. And, yeah. And uh, and you know, something happens with yeah the rest of his crew. Yeah, sounds good to me. They're they're like, what kind of criminals would they be running? Well, I mean, so if if it's early on in this corporation's thing, right? Like, say they started at Salt's Planet, and sure. before before they went interplanetary, uh, so they could be um, sabotaging other energy companies. Uh, they could be doing like straight up assassin work of po- political uh, people. Uh, they could be doing. Um, just basic money laundering to, to, to get more, you know, money going on. Uh, there's I, a like, lot of re- <laughs> I like the idea that he's being used to sabotage or assassinate because that builds up his skill set for when he's in the, an adult, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, hey, also, I was go for it. What do you think of this idea? Like a reverse robbery, right? <laughs> so to, to launder money, you would go into a seven 11 and say, give me all your money in exchange for this money. And you're not really like stealing money. You're just exchanging money. Can you do that? I think I know what you mean. <laughs> so, so say you have, say you have like counterfeit money, like you make counterfeit yeah, money, right? You yeah. make like say $200 in tens. Okay. And you go into like a seven 11, you're like, give me all your money. And they give you $200 or whatever. And you just like say here, and I take this back. Uh, <laughs> is that a oh. competent form of laundering money? It, I don't know if it's a I don't know if I would even call that laundering money. I think that's just fraud. <laughs> I think it's just stealing yeah. no matter what you give them in return. I like the idea yes. that, that maybe the inciting a heist or whatever salt, like really turns salt against these people is like some sort of maybe like he is planting some sort of evidence it needs to be really, it needs to be something that opens his eyes to the way things are, you know, yeah. it needs to be something that really makes him question who, how he's been raised. Um, if maybe there's like a fledgling attempt at rebellion on this planet and he is t- sent in to like disrupt it. Okay. I mean, we could definitely go down this Avenue to see how this works. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I like it. So we're going to start up with Salt being a young child-ish uh, who is uh, hired by some mega corporation person to be uh, part of like a child assassination league. Or Salt, Salt is like his protege. He's like his war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Batman and Robin, kind of, but like corporate. Yeah. Now, do we want to do a thing where like he actually like his name means something to somebody or no? We could. Um... Like if like all of the kids of like this one group are just spices, uh, and salt's the only one that comes out of it, <laughs> like scary spice. No, not like Flash that. Like spice. oregano, like like oregano and uh, <laughs> pepper and stuff. Uh, no, I think so you have stupid. salt. You have pepper. I I, what, I already don't like it. What's another spice that you can turn if, into if, a name? If if you say paprika, I'm gonna slap this camera. No, I wasn't gonna say paprika. I was gonna say right, like that's a that's a blue that's a blues clues joke. Turmeric. Turmeric. Term. No, I don't like that. Anyway, <laughs> okay. So, it's, it's a good, it's a good idea to start off of, I think. Yeah. Uh, so Salt's part of a, like a, like a child gang that's doing some stupid stuff. Yeah. For, what, what's what's the mega corporation called? Ultra Corp. We don't have a name for it yet. All right. Uh, all right. Um, and so, what what do you think is the is the in the enticing situation that causes the hitman chase or the the catalyst for the John Wick? I think the first, I think we misdirect in the first bit where it, we think it's going to be like a corporate power struggle between the narrator and someone who is like a rival for a promotion to planetary governor, maybe. Oh, okay, cool. Where sure. it's like, you know, they're looking to really turn this place into something, even though it's mostly mined out. We've got a bunch of habitats floating around the city and there's uh, around the planet, and there's enough to really kind of make a base population. So the corporate, the you know, corporate management is looking to really promote from within, and it's between you and McGillicuddy over on Habitat Epsilon 
seven or whatever. <laughs> okay. And then, and then he's like, well, I know that McGillicuddy's going to do something underhanded, so I need to beat him at his own game. Who do we have on hand that we can like send in to disrupt his operation? And then it's like, well, you know, we've got a new, we've got a new batch of like tube kids coming up. Do you want to see if any of them have any uh, promising genetic markers? And it's like, yeah. So then, like the opening, the opening montage is him like choosing which kid, which batch of like, I mean, hell, we go real amoral and kind of like far sci-fi where he's like inspecting embryos and like determining which ones have like you know genetic markers for like, eh, not this one. And maybe he finds one that has maybe like a defect in it, but the rest of its abilities are high enough that he's like we'll take this one and see how it pans out and then <laughs> yeah, that one that's... of course and then we follow a montage of him like raising these kids as his little like corporate assass- assassin group um yeah so is wait is this john wick thing this is gonna be all kids being like the john wicks right like <laughs> i said like we all... do i said we do a wide time span where it's like we follow this guy raising these kids and we think it's going to be that. And then the final, act, and then maybe the kid dies partway through, unbeknownst to us. And the, the rep is actually taken in. And then the third act, it's like he becomes a planetary governor and there's like an assassination attempt. And it turns out it's that kid he raised who's taken on the name Salt and is determined to completely disrupt this corporation from the ground up. Cool. Um, Okay, so how does this, um, let's see. So it starts out with like a little bit of political intrigue, right? About politicians uh, being against this ultra corporation for terraforming. And they're looking for more consistent ways of energy. And this other company's like, nah, we got to mine the core. That's the best way to do it. Uh, This has got to go. And they're terraforming to what to enhance humans somehow is that was that like the the idea is that why they started terraforming it or is this planet already like dying they they terraformed it specifically so that like people can live on it but it's real shitty um they they did that on purpose they terraformed it just enough where it's like the resources spent versus the price of personal labor just balances out enough where it's like okay cool well but lifespan of these laborers is only going to be 15 years. And it's like, perfect. Yeah. That is just the point where we break even. So pretty much if we put like a tiny colony on the moon to like mine something and like it was just habitable. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. I'm in that. It's awful to be outside and it kills people real quick, but it's like, we have enough labor. We can, we, you know, this, this throughput is not unsustainable. Yeah. And then, and then we have uh, like kind of a scene of this politician uh, being taken out by children, right? Yeah. Or all right, that, cool. That's like the first act's like action scene is the actual like assassination, where it's you know most of it follows these kids, like almost like Ender's Game, where okay. it follows them training, follows their power struggles. It shows the. The little the runt of the litter being kind of like made fun of or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's like maybe there's something, some sort of genetic malformation or something, and it's like we we do it. It would be a little you know ham fisted, but it would be like, man, you know, raised to be a child soldier, not even like a perfect one. He's just like the example to be leveraged. You know, he's like. The example that everybody sets to be better than, like that's just got to put salt in the wound, right? And then, you know, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Oh, <laughs> salt in the wound. That's funny. Um, okay, so what would you say is the first arc of like this? Is the assassination where that first kind of arc goes, or is that right after the assassination and then learning about the bad guy, what they're doing, and this guy who you thought was like a good parental person like you turn out they're bad right is that yeah i think do, so. do we have do we have like speckled in scenes in the beginning of the bad guy maybe like going to orphanages or uh not orphanages, whatever like the the sci-fi version of an orphanages and like te- checking farms. on babies 
Yeah, the farms. Yeah. And he's going, he's like checking on kids. He'd be like, oh, yeah. this this would be this would be a couple of good ones. Yeah. And he's like, I only got enough money for two today. So give me the best you got. Yeah. <laughs> or something. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, and we really build out these characters, and then we uh they successfully kill the guy's rival. And I think the second act is them pulling off even more kind of like rough assassinations until the squad gets wiped out and we think everybody's dead. Until the hitman squad gets wiped out? Yes. And okay. we think everybody's dead. And we do like a minor time skip just long enough for Salt to grow up a little bit. And yeah. we start hearing trouble on the planet's surface. Like the planet's almost gone at this point. They've mined enough of it that it's unstable. The core is like spinning down. Mm-hmm. Only got good 10 years left before this thing is completely unsustainable. We just have to scrap the entire thing. And then overseers on the surface start showing up dead. And then radio signals start getting cut. And then, you know, and then it's like, this shuttle doesn't have a sign-in code. Should we let it in? It's like, well, no. But the hangar doors are open anyway. What's going on? It's using an access code we don't have access to. And then the third act turns into, like, Salt hunting down this guy and just completely wiping out his security. And then we realize it's the character we saw in the first two installments. Yeah, I love that. Um, in the second act, who are some of the people that we're going to see get assassinated or taken out? I'll make them ambiguously amoral, so that way we're not really yet questioning who's the good guy. So we're going to just see, for the whole second act, it's going to be just like assassination after assassination, uh, just trying to like under, like, wh- what are we... Like, what are unless, we doing in this? What are we teaching the audience in the second act? Unless we want to do two acts where it's like it kind of splits in half and the, and the first act ends with them like. It's like well, oh. I, do, I I like the beginning being like political intrigue, learning about yeah. the planet, going all through that. And then that being like up until the assassination of that. Because uh, I think the reveal of that political person being assassinated by children is a really cool like arc. I think that mm-hmm. sounds really nice. Uh, I do like the idea of it being like, and then you, it turns out that they're not just like wild children. Uh, it is a team of assassins. And I, I like I like that like in through here. So you don't really know like what's going on. Um, but I think there should be a linkage at some point as to who they are, or at least maybe sending in different teams of children to ass- <laughs> to assassinate people and those and those teams do not succeed. What if this planet was in sort of like a semi-mutual, like it had a local government that was in partnership with the mega corporation. And then the mega corporation started like overstepping their bounds. So the mega corp sent these assassins after all the local leadership to consolidate power. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. That's cool. Um, And what if um, now? Okay. So is mega corp. Let's talk about them for a second. Now, they have a base on this planet, right? And they probably have a headquarters that is off-planet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if we did a thing where in the middle part, we also assassinate a megacorp high up, it would throw off people like what's going on. But it's only because like the numbers aren't that good or whatever, whatever. So um, (laughs) I, I, I like... I like this middle part being like just straight up like knocking people out and you don't know who is in charge. Yeah. Um, Okay. How do we get to the time hop? I think they're sent on a major mission and it goes awful. Like it goes badly. Um, Now, would you say that's, that's at the end of the second arc is of the failure of the mission or partway through it. And then the rest of it is uh, we, we tricked the audience into thinking that the, rep is the main character so it's them dealing with the fallout of like rumor you know galactic press is saying that you were raising child assassins from them from embryos can you make any statement on that and he goes i uh no comment or something like that and it's kind of like it feels like he's slipping a little bit and then somehow recovers 
And then the people around him start dying. And then someone breaks onto his personal yacht or his space yacht or something like that. Yeah. And then it turns into and then it turns into his private security team trying to fight off this faceless assassin who you think has been sent by like maybe planetary government. And then it turns out it's like you know, taught me everything I know, didn't you? It's like what? And then, <laughs> yeah, we get we get that kind of like reversal stuff, and it's not it's not a particularly enlightened twist, but I think it works for this genre, and I think it works for what yeah. we're trying to do. So, is this a cloning situation where, when you see the person in the beginning, and then you see Salt later, he looks like this person because he was <laughs> like cloning himself? Which could be like kind of a cool reveal. It could be cool that the salt we see in the later in the later installments isn't the original person, but a clone based on him. Yeah, I think that's a pretty cool one because that would explain like why he's not really attached to all of these people and why he's willing to really uh, like do what he does. Because we paint him as a pretty ruthless figure in those yeah. first two. Yeah. So what if we do a thing where like all these clones are just called salt and. Uh, and that's like a thing. So when you see him in the beginning, uh, the guy who is in charge of Megacorp is also a clone of Salt, just like uh, like a devious one. Do you think that would be like kind of a cool twist? Like in the third act, when you see an older one, you're like, oh, that's the guy from the first one. And then you go, I, no, crap, the clones. I, I like the idea that all of these kids are the same genetic template. I like that a lot. Yeah. I don't cool. know if I like that they are all based on the rep, I think it's more a situation of him going in and like choosing one where he's like, well, it looks like muscle mass development and reflexes are going to be pretty high on this one. Yeah. I'll take six of these. And then they yeah. provide six space bassinets with these kids in them. Yeah. And they're all the same physical kid. And then of course they all have their, you know, we build out the squad to have their own distinguishing physical characteristics, but they all look the same. Like one of them, yeah. one one of them's gotten like a tattoo on his, on their forehead or something like that. One of them has grown their hair long. One of them is like, I don't know, got their teeth modified, like whatever sci-fi genetic alterations you can have to make yourself look different. Yeah. Like a yeah. cyborg guy. Yeah. 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 I'm cool with that. Okay. So what are, so in the beginning, we get the political issue. We got the, um, you know, that espionage kind of thing going on uh, with the knowledge of the terraformation being lackluster. And there's a rising group of people that are saying we need to do more uh, intelligent uh, energy, more sustainable energy. We can't just be terraforming this thing. This company's got to go. And that's when we get up to the assassination of uh, that political person. Um, now the second one is going, the second arc, I think is, it's very cool if we keep it the way you said it, where it's almost just like, uh, flashes and flashes and flashes of just assassinations of different high level targets in different areas, like banking areas and, uh, uh wall street areas and uh, all these things. And you're like, I don't know what's happening. The whole thing's going out, but it's mostly because a megacorp knows that the planet's going to die. So they're just kind of like taking what they can. But also be like they're just in charge of stuff, so why not? Then we get to uh, at the end of the second arc where Team Salt is sent out onto a mission and it goes terrible. And we think as audience members that everyone in the mission is dead. Uh, we have a bit of a time hop and we pick up with Salt as an older gentleman. And he is what? Picking up. The last mission or something? Or? I, I figure we don't even reveal that Salt is alive until the very end. Okay. I, I like act, I like everything you said. Act 2 ends with all of them seemingly getting wiped out on a bad job. Yeah. Act 3 is goes back to the rep because, after all, this entire story is his story of his power struggle. It goes back to him trying to recover from this, and then yeah. like the lights, the lights go out, and he's like, they're finally coming back, you know, some, I pissed someone off and they're coming for me and he gets the security guards and we get this kind of like lurking horror style sequence where everybody on his ship slowly gets wiped out. And then we get that moment where, you know, he walks out of the shadows and it's the weakest of the clones that has survived and is like, 
you know, after everything, I figured why not be my own man? And then kills him and then takes off on his ship. Yeah. And it's like a young it's like a like a young man's salt. Yes, and takes his stuff, and that's where he gets the resources for his future missions. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, so in this movie, we're gonna have Political figures, we're going to have children, we're going to have the main rep guy who's the ultimate big bad, and we have Salt. What are some other characters we need to throw in this, if any? I think we need to figure out who his little, like, assassin squad is. All right. So we're going to work on Team Salt. Yeah. Team Salt. Okay. Uh, And you think there's, what, like six people? Five or six. Six might be a bit much. Okay, so uh, our main salt are I'm gonna refer later to salt on. Prime. Salt Prime, cool. And what's his main characteristic? Uh, he's some something happened in the uh, cloning process where it turns out he's he's either the weakest, or he's got some sort of distinguishing mark, or is somehow viewed as the defect of the group. All right, like, so he's like... always picking on him. And we misdirect. We misdirect while we're building up with this, where it's like, we think it's the team leader who might be the only one who survives because they're competent. Turns out yeah. it's the weakest of them who survives. Cool. All right. So he's the weak one. Okay, so uh, we're going to say we got four other assaults to work out. What's another one? Um... Let's see. So we got like we got like Salt Alpha, right? Which is like the the head jock dude. Yeah. They're just they're just good at combat and orders. Yeah. Like they're a good leader, good leader, good weapons. Um, so classic Leonardo. Com- commando, yeah, he's a commando. Cool. Okay, and then the next one we have is what the 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 tech one, the, uh, yeah. the super smart one. Yeah. Um, or the stri- stri- strategic one. Yeah, the the egghead. Um, and I figure this is probably the one with the most extensive like cybernetic enhancements. Yeah, cool. Okay, what's another one? Um, let's see. So we've got tech, we've got weapons and commando. We don't. I don't think we need to focus on like a ranged guy. Um, and we haven't built this setting out to have like psychic powers you know what i mean there's no like psychic stuff and i'm okay with keeping that out of this like yeah we could do like a we could we could do like a stealth and like a stealth slash slash knife person what if this what if this do we want so salt prime what do we want his specialty to be do we want him to be intuitive so that way he's very good it turns out that's why he's very good at recruiting people to his missions despite the fact that he's Kind of a bad person. Intuitive. What if he's just short? Well, right, but I'm thinking in the in the scheme of the the team. Yeah. What role does he fulfill? Short doesn't really. Right. I mean, like, if he's short, but also like, does he have to be weak? Can he be like really strong? But I guess it makes more sense story wise. Oh, yeah. He's a weak. He can be. He, he could be strong. He could just be average, and that's what sets him apart as the defect. Like, yeah, I specifically. I specifically chose this embryo because of its high genetic marks and somehow you came out perfectly average and then yeah. he's intuitive and that's how he manages to get in and out of trouble so easily is that he can talk his way into it because he reads people. Okay. Yeah. I'm cool I with got that. Nothing, I got nothing to rely on except my ability to get people to do stuff for me. Yeah. And we I'm find out that it. maybe he like manipulated the team into taking all the bullets for him. Yeah. Uh, what's another person of the, of the group, if we have like one to two more people, uh, I figured we have a brute. Well, no, yeah. I don't know. This is like a well, do we because this is like a high sci fi setting. Is it necessary right. to have someone who's physically strong, or is it good enough for everybody here to be physically competent? I think they're all pretty physically competent, yeah. uh, especially with cybernetic uh, attachments if needed. So, um, yeah, I don't really know what other kind of characters you would need in this setting. I guess they all can be kind of the same, except for salt. Yeah. Um let's see. What if what if the tech guy was just like the the infiltrator tech and we have someone who's like a mechanic? Okay. So the builder and the uh uh tech person. I'm cool with that. Yeah. 
And the door. So it's like we need we need access to this we need this door unlocked, and it's like the tech guy steps forward, and it's like, well, how are we gonna stop them from taking off in their fighter craft? And the mechanic guy steps forward, and he rigs up like a bomb or something like that. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Um, okay, so we have we have these people. They take out the first political guy. Then they take out a bunch of people in the middle. What is the mission that they fail at? Uh, I mean, do we want them to shoot too high? Do we want Probably. the corporate rep to shoot too high? Planetary governor tries to wipe out the, the one guy who's still in charge of things. And just uh, maybe he called in help from a nearby, like, another colony nearby like mm. their planetary alliance or something <clears throat> did, did uh did the bad guy have a hand in team salt failing i considered it you think that's too played out it is pretty played out but it does I'm... it does give salt a reason to go right back it does well, although him giving be... him giving orders is enough so Right, and I figured there would be a time skip between the failure of the mission and Salt getting a little older. Right. Um, so yeah, so it doesn't make sense that it's it's the bad guy's fault. Like again, it's just that yeah. he sent them out to die, knowing they th probably wouldn't make it. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think I think it's enough for this to be a disposable like disposable final mission. This is your suicide mission. Now, do a couple of the salts make it out? Oh, I like the idea that a few of them make it out and then they go back to the guy and serve as like personal guard and then it's Salt Prime assassinating the members of his old squad. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So you got like Salt Prime versus Salt Alpha and Salt Omega who is like the strategy guy and yeah. uh, uh, Salt... What, what are some other cool letters that don't mean something bad? Alpha, Beta, Zeta, Omega... Uh, yeah, but beta is beta is always bad. Epsilon, iota. That's too long. Sigma. Salt sigma. Sigma salt. <laughs> sigma salt. Yeah, whatever. Uh, okay, cool. So, what what is the push after the time jump for Salt to go and uh, exact his uh, revenge? Does he fall in love with the easy life and then ah. it's taken from him? No. Doesn't doesn't find a woman. No. Doesn't, no. I no think there. Interest. I think there's got. I think there's got to be a push once the rep discovers that the planet is like going to go away. That the planet is done. Uh, there needs to be some kind of push for Salt to want to stop all of it. Uh, maybe Salt watches uh, a group of kids assassinate somebody, or maybe uh, Salt sees one of his partners doing something one of his ex like squad people um but if there is a time jump obviously salt needs a reason to hop back into battle back into it yeah what do you think yeah no i'd agree i'm not attached to the idea of a time jump it, it would be kind of yeah. interesting if like kid salt prime goes back and does all of it like even just like half a year later after they've healed up yeah, I, I I like that, and I think maybe it might be a cooler story if, say, the team breaks up. Like one of the salts die, two of the salts, like you know, like Salt Prime, he's got a buddy, and then Salt Alpha goes back to the rep. So then, like the two salts got to go in there and fight the other two salts. Uh, blah blah, blah and only one salt prevails. I mean, I wonder if it's enough that Salt Prime gets or Salt Prime gets left behind. Like, oh, things go things go badly. He gets hurt, and the rest of them abandon him. And he's like, "I thought we were a, I thought we were a team. We're all the same person." And it's like, yeah. we're all the same person." And it's like, and "Well, if we're the him, same, calls him whatever slur there is for his genetic defect." Yeah, he's yeah. like, "If we're so, all the same, then why are you down there?" Yeah. So Salt is purely motivated by spite and revenge, and he's not a nice guy. Despite yeah, the fact, I like that. Yeah, cool. And maybe the rep takes the other salts like off world, so salt has to like yeah. break into the place and find a way to, to the main base. All right, that's yeah. a, that's a pretty good catalyst. I like that. Um, all right, do you want to run through this real fast and see like uh, how this is plotting yeah. out? So we start with a corporate rep who has ambitions of a higher station. He is 
working for this mega corporation around a planet that is still self-governed, but is into like a mining contract with this mega corporation. Um, the planet is kind of hostile, but partially terraformed. And um, in order to kind of further his own interests, this corporate guy goes to a probably a mercenary group of some sort, like mercenary nannies or something. And like, is like, I need a team. I need, I need some fixers. So he picks out an embryo, which seems to be like the best he can find. Good genetic markers. Looks like a potential is all there. Gets five different clones of it. One of which doesn't turn out quite as high on marks as the others, but he still trains all of them. Uh, Raises them to be like a, his little assassination hit squad. Um, and we all, we get their different personalities in like a, you know, the segment. Uh, they are sent out on a variety of different assassinations or sabotage missions against other corporate interests, planetary government, other sort of like people like that. Um, and we mostly follow this corporate rep because we treat it like it's his story of like climbing the ladder. Uh, Salt's clone squad is very, very efficient. They're very effective. And then they're sent on, like, <coughs> a high-level mission against, I think the planetary governor is what we said, to really cement control this place for them. And it goes wrong. Uh, whether it's more highly defended or something, doesn't matter. Salt Prime, the weakest, gets left behind intentionally. It's like, we're not going back for you, or something like that. Um, we go back to the corporate rep with, uh, the remainder, remaining salt clones, and we get some time skips of him kind of winding his way through the bureaucracy. He's got his own security team and we get hints throughout that he's being chased by someone. And then eventually it turns into this self-contained sequence on his like personal yacht where it's like, we've got a small personal craft docking at our hangar. It's like, what are you talking about? We didn't authorize anything. It's like, well, he got in somehow because he has all the access codes or something like that. Uh, we do that kind of like, you know, they're getting picked off one by one, and eventually we reveal that it is Salt Prime picking off the former members of his assassination group, eventually kills a corporate rep, takes his yacht, unlocks his bank account, has access to all these resources, and makes it his life mission to uproot this corporation from the ground up. Uh, and it leads into whatever else we do in this world. Oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are we well. going to call What What are we calling Pillar of Salt 3? Um, maybe so, salt, there's got to be something. Salt in the Wound? It could be. Uh, um, salt, salt Prime? I like Salt uh, in the Wound. It's something we kind of like threw together a little yeah. bit. Um. It's something we threw around on the previous kind of episode we yeah, did. As I forgot what we called. I forgot what we called part two. What I ended up calling part two. I don't uh, remember. I think it was uh, uh back in the saddle or. <laughs> That's what you called it. Yeah. Project takeoff. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, okay. Anyway, that's been our show. Thank you so much for hanging out and making another weird but great project for some nobodies to work on. Obviously, we put together uh, Pillar of Salt 3, um, which we have not properly named yet. Uh, but either way, you can see our process. You can see uh, how we work and how fun it is just to make up ideas that may or may not go anywhere. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but if you want to check out uh, more on this or any of our other weird projects, you can always go to somenobodies.com, which is right up there. That's our website. And if you really want to be our friend and help us make more and more things, including a movie or a board game or a theme park based on the Blade Runner universe, then head over to patreon.com backslash somenobodies. Uh, we would really really appreciate it some people that uh we not only need to thank but also really really want to thank obviously mick manhattan from scene snobs some real nerdy goodness over there you got scott curtis from behind the bits uh an award-winning interviewer a decent impressionist uh <laughs> and just an all-around great guy check that out behind the bits that's awesome we also have our east coast friends sarah takachik and tanya Sheck. Uh, podcast. If you like podcasts, you listen to this podcast, but you want to read it instead of listening to it for whatever reason, or do both, you can find listener app on Instagram at the greatest podcast app. 
Uh, very, very special thanks to Jimmy and the Eid Foundation uh, with his group called Chess Without Borders. They strive to bring chess communities to those that need it. Uh, chess, chess is a gift that lasts a lifetime. Uh, if you do want to check out more of what some nobodies do, you can see some of our, I guess, listen to some of our podcasts, such as Silicon Angels, uh, the audio version of Talking Upstream. We have a podcast, podcast, a podcast show. Uh, we have a couple things that we're working on currently, and you can check those out at our website. Uh, but until next time, folks, I've been Zach. He's been Dylan, and you've been great. Dylan, what do you got to say, pal? Yeah, hey, uh, you know, things are weird out there. Uh Tell the people you love that you love them and otherwise just try and be well. That's all I can. Yeah. Be well. Hug somebody. Yeah. Bye. Hey, Appreciate you, Zach. You guys take it easy out there. Right on, man. Bye. I'm <laughs> sorry.